Ezekiel Elliott to the Philadelphia Eagles? No, this isn't the 2016 draft. This is the 2023 offseason. Anything is possible. Find out all that and more on today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. This Thursday edition of the show is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sports book of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. I'm your host, Gino Camilleri. Thank you for joining us here on this Thursday edition of the show. And of all things to talk about, Ezekiel Elliott potentially playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. Where have we heard this before? Where have we seen this play out? Oh, that's right. In Philadelphia back in 2015. That's what we'll start today's show with. Talking about could Ezekiel Elliott, a longtime rival of the Eagles, join this backfield? And this was reported by Adam Schefter. After that, we will talk about all of these guys that the Eagles have lost. How big of a slice of this pie in terms of production did they lose? And who are some guys that they might look to replace that production with? We'll get into defense in segment two. And to finish up the show, we will talk about the offensive production. But I know what everybody wants to hear or maybe doesn't want to hear. It was reported today, Adam Schefter said, that the Philadelphia Eagles are one of three teams that Ezekiel Elliott would be happy playing for. The other two being the New York Jets and the Cincinnati Bengals. Where have we seen this play out as I introed in the show? Well, let's take a trip down memory lane, and not one that many Eagles fans or listeners of this show, or I'm sure people in the NovaCare complex, are fond of. But the year's 2015. Chip Kelly has to make a playoff run, essentially to keep his job. What does he do? He goes out and culminates what would be called the M&M backfield with Darren Sproles, DeMarco Murray, and Ryan Matthews. Ryan Matthews, a longtime injured player. The Eagles were trying to get something out of him. They had Darren Sproles there, and then they bring in the enemy, somebody that had beat the Eagles plenty of times, put up great production against them, and DeMarco Murray for a multiple-year deal. I believe it was a five-year deal, and it was $8 million per year. Something just insane that in this running back market would never take place. But look at the events that happened up until that point. Chip Kelly traded away LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso. The Eagles were barren at the running back position outside of Darren Sproles. So Chip Kelly got desperate. They went out there, signed DeMarco Murray to run a whole bunch of outside zone when he was a pure power and counter type of running back. Ryan Matthews never lived up to the hype, and the Eagles have been trying to replace that position ever since they lost LaShawn McCoy. Well, come 2023, Miles Sanders, the guy who led the Eagles' backfield and who took up a lot of portion of that production in 2022 and the years prior, is no longer here. 
But is that backfield as barren as it was in 2015? In my opinion, absolutely not. Is Howie Roseman a better decision maker than Chip Kelly? Without a doubt. If you look at the money that they paid DeMarco Murray, the entire Eagles backfield currently is making less money than that. Heck, the, the Dallas Cowboys currently, after they cut Ezekiel Elliott, who was making an absurd amount of money, they still have to pay Tony Pollard probably $10 million a year if he sticks on the franchise tag, or they're going to extend him long-term, and he's still going to get an exorbitant amount of money. So that leaves us here. The day is Thursday, March 23rd, and I just thought it was going to be a normal Thursday. I had lacrosse practice, went to the gym, and I get home, and I look at my phone, and all this. Adam Schefter says the Eagles are interested in Ezekiel Elliott. Well, the other way around, I thought, no way. Looking at that backfield, Rashad Penny is essentially Ryan Matthews in the equation, if you look at it, somebody who is oft injured who has that explosiveness to his game, somebody that the Eagles got for relatively cheap, I think even cheaper than Ryan Matthews himself, Rashad Penny should be a perfect running back by committee type of guy to pair with Kenny Gainwell, who the Eagles are very high on, who has the explosiveness, who is another Memphis running back that just has juice. All those guys are explosive. Look at Tony Pollard. Look at Kenny Gainwell. You saw Darrell Henderson for some time. These guys make it in the NFL because they have explosiveness. They can run between the tackles, but it's a short lifespan. And Boston Scott is somebody who the Eagles have continued to bring back on one of the team-friendliest deals in the league and produced well for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. He was one of the only guys that really could keep his footing in that game and looked pretty good for this team and has come up in very big moments on a ton of different occasions. Now, are you going to throw away that idea? that you're going to go running back by committee and pay money to Ezekiel Elliott, who I'm sure is going to want at least as much as your entire backfield is making currently five to $6 million a year. I'm sure he would be looking for. He still is a name. He still is a brand. He's going to want to make his money, but the Eagles can't go over that cap. And frankly, it doesn't make sense from a team building standpoint either because Howie Roseman a couple years ago at the draft said, are the guys healthy? Do they love football? Can they run? Well, if you've watched Ezekiel Elliott try to run the football, I tweeted out multiple times over the past two years, when can we stop the charade that Ezekiel Elliott is a better running back than Tony Pollard? Because it was clear in a way that Tony Pollard had more explosiveness, could kill you in more areas in terms of inside zone, outside zone, run it between the tackles and power and counter where Ezekiel Elliott didn't have that juice to get to the outside anymore. Heck, he has the most touches in the National Football League in his tenure in the National Football League. Ohio State ran him into the ground when he was there. Why would you add another guy who's probably going to want 15 to 20 carries a game who doesn't deserve it? Doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense to Lou. Him and I were disgusted talking about this possibility. Could it happen, though? It's the National Football League. It's a business. Do the Eagles see him as a potential short-down sub-package back? And is he willing to do that? That's a conversation that I'm sure they're having in that building. I'm sure Ezekiel Elliott would have to know that that is what is going to happen. 
The Eagles haven't had a bell cow back since LaShawn McCoy. Even with Miles Sanders, they had Boston Scott. They had Jordan Howard, who was pivotal to being in a running back by committee type of offense. And they even brought him back after he played terrible in Miami. The last time the Eagles bought in this mantra that it's one guy or bust was a decade ago. Since then, since funny enough, the backfield of DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, and Darren Sproles was the first time the Eagles actually brought out multiple backs and used them in multiple different ways. Not successfully in 2015. 2016, it got a little better. You started to find a wrinkle of what you could do. 2017, it all came together where you signed LeGarrette Blunt. You bring in J.H.I. and Darren Sproles ends up injured, so Corey Clement comes into the equation. You're talking about a veteran guy who you uh Traded or signed for next to nothing, excuse me. A back that you used a fourth round pick who had a year left in his knee, and Corey Clement, who had one great season. And you still were able to win a Super Bowl. And since then, Josh Adams led the team in running. They bring in Miles Sanders, who led the team in rushing. But at the same time, there were other guys who culminated for a big portion of the pie. And the one thing that this team has that 2015 didn't have was freaking Jalen Hurts. You're going to take the ball out of Jalen Hurts' hand or Kenny Gainwell's hand or Penny who has unbelievable rushes over expectation numbers and explosiveness numbers or Boston Scott who just continues to put up good numbers for you to give Ezekiel Elliott handoffs. Zeke, I think it's time to sit down. I think it's time to retire. I, I don't think it's time for the Eagles to sign him right now. I think his window is past playing for a contender. He might get one or two more good seasons before he's all said and done. Count me out. No thank you on Ezekiel Elliott. Thank you next. I'm good on that. I'd rather see Rashad Penny. I'd rather give Kenny Gainwell, who's a young explosive runner on a rookie contract, more snaps and give Boston Scott all of that change-up pitch type of rotational player snaps and put the ball in your quarterback's hand. Or go into the draft and get somebody else, for goodness sakes. I mean, Travis Dye, who was at Oregon and was a great short area back, goes to USC, does the same thing, unfortunately goes down with a knee injury. The The day at USC's pro day was just a lake on the field in terms of rain, and his numbers weren't great. There are guys out there that are going to cost you next to nothing. He could be an undrafted free agent for goodness sake, and Corey Clement was that, and Josh Adams was that. You don't need to go out and sign a name just to sign a name. And frankly, it hasn't worked out with many Dallas Cowboys going to Philadelphia from past mistakes. Don't let that bite you again, Howie Roseman. I think Howie has learned from his past, especially the things that Chip Kelly did wrong. Don't sign another Dallas Cowboys running back. Stick with what you got. Add through the draft, continue to get younger, continue to get more athletic. There's no reason to pay a guy at that position who is well past his prime. And going off the subject of eating, we're going to be talking about who ate a big chunk of the defensive and offensive production of the pie. I actually put together not a pie chart, but a bar chart for those who are watching on YouTube, those who are listening along. I will explain it to you. What do the Eagles have to replace in terms of defense. Before we get to that, though, this episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by our friends over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. If you haven't heard by now, 
FanDuel is the official sports book of the entire Locked On Podcast Network, all of the shows that we have here, and most importantly, the Locked On Eagles podcast. Tonight, we got NCAA March Madness action, Sweet 16, you're going to the Elite Eight. Next week, you got the Final Four in the championship. What better place than to get in on the action than America's number one sports book? That is FanDuel, because right now, new customers get a $1,000. 1,000, 1, 0, 0, 0, no sweat, first bet. That is up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That means if you put out $1,000 in cash, it doesn't win. Well, you get all of that money back. What sounds better than that than risk-free gambling? As long as you're doing it responsibly, you're a friend in my book. Go to FanDuel Sportsbook today, fanduel.com slash lockdown or the FanDuel Sports app and make sure you get your no sweat First bet, no better time than to do it now. Everybody's going to be tuned in to March Madness tonight. Make sure you go out there, bet on all the bets. We'll have a ton of draft bets in the coming weeks. FanDuel does a great job with that as well. Use the promo code at the bottom of the screen. Go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown for your no sweat first bet today. All right, everybody, welcome on back to a Thursday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. We're also available on YouTube in video form as well. Thank you for tuning in for the fourth show of the week. Lou is out in Nashville living it up. It is his brother's bachelor party. I have my bachelor party in a couple months, so he'll be covering for me then. Safe travels to Lou We got things to talk about here, folks. We got to talk about some pie and a big chunk of the pie. And I mentioned this on the other day's show about how when it comes to the Eagles, there's a big pizza, right? And everybody has their chance to grab a slice or two. Well, there's been some guys that have left the Philadelphia Eagles that took a big portion of that pie in terms of 2022 production. And they took it and ran. They put it in a to-go box, a takeaway box, whatever you call it in your respective region of the United States. They took a couple slices of pizza, and now there's some more friends coming into this party who are going to have to get some slices of that pizza that they might have to bring in themselves. And what I mean is, how are they going to replace what they lost with what they currently have or what they are set to get moving forward? So we're going to start with defensive production. For those of you on YouTube, I'm throwing up a graph here on the screen. For those of you at home listening on your airwaves, I will break it down for you. So I broke this down into four categories in terms of defensive production. Tackles, sacks, interceptions, and passes defended. I might have spelled interceptions. No, that's that's correct. Okay, stick with me there. I'm only human, folks. So in total, the Eagles had 1,000 and 18 regular season tackles. They are losing 520 of those tackles, accounting for 51.08% of all production in the regular season last year. So what does that mean? Between Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, TJ Edwards, Kaiser White, Javon Hargrave, and all of the other pieces that they will continue to lose on terms of defense, Adamic and Sue, Linball, Joseph, They're losing over half of their tackling production. Tackles isn't a stat I get too caught up on, to be frank. If you look at newly signed Eagles linebacker Nick Morrow, he played for one of the worst defenses in the National Football League and still accounted for 116 tackles. Now, situationally, tackles do matter. 
Do you get them in big time moments? Are you able to stop them short of the sticks? Does it come to a gang tackle when it should be a solo tackle? You're going to have to find guys to fill two safety spots and a linebacker spot currently. You're going to have to add guys on the defensive line because, frankly, Javon Hargrave has to be replaced. TJ Edwards and Kaiser White are going to have to have production replaced. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Marcus Epps was the best safety duo that you had in some time, and they're gone as well. And what does that equate to as well is interceptions and passes defended. If you look at it, it worked out pretty, pretty funny here that interceptions, the Eagles had 17. They lost six, all from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. They had 85 passes defended last year. They lost 30 of those in 2023. Both of those categories accounted for 35.29%. So you lost one-third of your total pass protection. That's a big area that you're going to have to figure out, especially in terms of safety. Who could fill in these areas? Well, in terms of coverage, I think Nicobe Dean is going to be somebody that is highly coveted when it comes to playing those matchups against tight ends, covering running backs out of the backfield. I think Reed Blankenship is going to have to put in more to the coverage in terms of his repertoire. I mean, he's going to have to get better at it. We saw TJ Edwards continually get better at that in his career. Marcus Epps, the same thing. They're going to rely on Reed Blankenship a lot next year. One of those guys that I think we haven't talked about yet is Josiah Scott. He's still on the roster. If you look at what he did last year, He filled in in some big-time moments for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson where they let him play a very similar role to CGJ. Now, is he Chauncey Gardner-Johnson? No. Did he get you six interceptions? Absolutely not. But is he a player that you can win with? In my opinion, absolutely. And it's one of those things that you're going to have to do currently until you find out another plan at safety because is Justin Evans going to be the end-all, be-all there? No. Can they go out and draft a safety? Absolutely. We talked about it the other day. You could draft Brown out of Illinois. If you love Brian Branch, you could take him with your first pick. The Eagles are going to have to find some way, though, to add into that back-end tackle production and coverage, which you're losing in Chauncey Garner-Johnson. Marcus Epps was one of the most underrated guys there. TJ Edwards and Kaiser White was the best coverage duo you've had in years. That's an area that's going to be tough to replace. I'm interested to see how they do it. I think they have the in-house options, the Josiah Scotts, the Marcus Epps. Maybe Avante plays a little more swing swing safety type of position, rather. And maybe they draft a safety. Maybe. Fingers crossed. I hope so. There's still guys out there. Adrian Amos would be great. He visited the Ravens today. If he makes it out of Baltimore, if Baltimore likes him, the Eagles most likely will like him as well. Go look at Marcus Williams. The Eagles wanted him last year. He ends up in Baltimore. The final area of the four on defense that we discussed is sacks. The Eagles had 70 sacks on the season. They lost 17 of those sacks, which equates for just under a quarter of all sacks. Am I worried about this? Definitely. It's a, it's a big swing, but I think that number is very deceiving. One, the Eagles put together a top five season in terms of sacks ever. It's going to be tough to double that number up anyway. To lose 10 sacks, I think that would definitely be plausible because if if you break down the numbers and you're losing a quarter of 70 sacks, say they get 50, 
let's make the math easy here. Let's say the, what breaks down uh, 54, 9. Uh, no, we'll go with 40. We'll go with 40 here. Okay, let's say they get 40 sacks just to make it easy from who they have in house. And you have to replace 10 to get up to 50. I think that's very plausible. I was trying to do some ridiculous math there. I'm telling you guys, I have an accounting degree and I need to use a calculator at all times. But the pressure numbers are still going to be there. Jordan Davis is going to continue to get better in terms of inside pass rushing. Milton Williams is one of those guys that continually got pressure for you last year. Fletcher Cox is still on the team. Marlon Tui Pelotu should come back well-rested after that injury last year. Your defensive ends, your edge rushers, those guys account for a lot of that production. Sean Desai should have no problem in getting front four pressure, front five pressure, front six pressure, and allowing his back end to play similarly to how they played last year, but with more of an attacking mindset. I think if you're looking at sacks, you want to get somewhere near 10 in terms of guys you are bringing in. And how do you do that? Well, you hope Jordan Davis adds to that total. You hope maybe N'Kobe Dean could get a couple himself. You hope maybe Reed Blankenship is involved blitzing from, from depth. But until that happens and you could really see what those guys can do, you're going to have to rely on what you know, and that's the guys up front. Do they add a Kalijah Cansey there to maybe try and match some of that production that Javon Hargrave is losing? Potentially. Does Hassan Riddick have as great of a season as he had last year? I don't think he will in terms of numbers, and I don't think that 70 number will be that high. But the Eagles have some work to do. This is a lot of pie that they lost. I mean, heck, tackles, they they walked out with a half-eaten pizza. Interceptions, passes defended, one-third of that thing is gone. Sacks, a quarter is gone. It's shocking that with the number of guys that you lost on defense, that you still are returning a decent amount. Because if you look at the opposite of this number, you're looking at 50% of your tackles coming back, 75% of your sacks coming back, about 65% of your interceptions and passes defended. That's big. You're keeping a lot of those in-house guys, a lot of the guys up front, a lot of the guys that will work in Sean Desai's system without having to break the bank. That's what you knew you were going to do going into this season. It might shock you that the numbers weren't so terrible on defense because of the number of guys that they lost. We're going to take a look at the offense, which you will be a little shocked by. Come on back to finish up this edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. All right, everybody, Gino Camilleri here on this Wednesday edition of the show, finishing up Lockdown Eagles. I said Wednesday, it's Thursday. I'm all over the board, folks. Stick with me here. I'm excited for March Madness. All this Ezekiel Elliott news is driving me crazy as well. I don't know what the Eagles are thinking in terms of that. But some good news today. Our friend over at uh, CBS Sports, Jeff Kerr, said that today, according to the NFLPA, the Eagles have $4.75 million in cap space yet to be fulfilled in this offseason. That's a lot. For Howie Roseman, who came into this offseason with next to nothing, that is a lot of money. He'll make some things work. There will be more signings. There will be some contract extensions, some renegotiations in terms of Lane Johnson's contract as well. But for now, we have to get back to the pie talk. I'm making myself hungry talk about this. We're talking about offense now. We're talking about offensive production and how much of that pie did the Eagles lose. We'll take a look. 
I was shocked by this, to be honest with you. I know Miles Sanders accounted for a big portion of their rushing offense. But I didn't realize that Jalen Hurts, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott still accounted for half of your rush production. What makes you believe that they can't account for what? They lost 544 rush attempts. Well, they had 544 rush attempts, and they lost 260 of them. I think Rashad Penny will get a fair amount of that number. I think Trey Sermon will have his chance. Kennedy Brooks have his chance to make the team. Jalen Hurts, I'm sure they'll let him just show out next year. Kenny Gainwell will get more of those snaps. Boston Scott, maybe draft pick. They have a lot of production that they are going to have to replace in terms of rushing, but there are plenty of in-house options already. Jalen is a freak athlete. Kenny is going to get the reins as well as Rashad Penny when healthy to be that running back by committee. Oh, and mix in Boston Scott and potentially add, I mean, heck, you could add a Sean Tucker in the third round of the NFL draft, a Tajay Spears if that is your cup of tea. But how do you replace 1,269 rushing yards? Putting a guy behind a great offensive line. That's how. It's been a long time since the Eagles had a 1,000-yard rusher. They did it with Miles Sanders. And the crazy thing is Miles left a lot of meat on the bones on some of his runs. He got his bag. He's going to go down to Carolina and get that Christian McCaffrey money. But the Eagles, they take the money ball approach at this position. If I had to put it into a number to break down percentage-wise what I would have Rashad Penny taking in terms of that 50% and Kenny Gainwell in terms of that 50%, Boston Scott, Jalen Hurts, etc. I'd say Rashad Penny, he could take around 15% of that. Kenny Gainwell, you add another 10% to his number. Boston Scott, maybe five. So you're up to 20% there. You add Jalen Hurts, no, 25%. You add Jalen Hurts in there with another 10%. 35%, and then maybe a rookie with 15% of those rushes. Or you get more creative with a new offensive mind in there in terms of quarter, former quarterback coach Brian Johnson. Does he get his wide receivers more involved? Does he want to bring in a gadget type of player to take some of those handoffs? It'll be interesting, like I said, in terms of how they will replace that back-end defense production, how will they fa- uh, return and replace that rushing production a big headache goes away when you realize how good that offensive line is still going to be. You could return a lot of that production. You might not have a 1,000-yard rusher, but you might have another 1,000-yard receiver next year and culminate three of those guys because when it comes to receptions and receiving yards, you only lost 10% and 5% respectively. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, both are going to be back. Zach Pascal is the only player you really lost. Dallas Goddard, fully healthy, could have a 1,000-yard year in and of itself. And maybe some of those rush attempts go away because you're able to pass to a running back more. Maybe Kenny gets involved more and some of those touches go away from the rush game and into the pass game. Maybe you add a third target at the wide receiver group that you thoroughly love and could take some of those rushing snaps away from and turn them into passing. The Eagles know, they fully understand that they have work to do. But should they be scared? No. Why? 
Why, Gino? Why? Tell me why. Because Jalen Hurts showed you on the brightest stage, the biggest stage, the, the culmination of them all, the Super Bowl, that he could throw with the absolute best of them. It's a passing league. Jeffrey Lurie is a pass-loving owner. Howie Roseman is a pass-loving general manager. Nick Sirianni loves the pass. If you saw what they did in those first five weeks last year and how the season kind of played out down the stretch this year, they put the ball in Jalen Hurts' hands, and they're going to do that moving forward as well. Don't fret about the rushing production. I would be more focused on the back end of the defense. How are they going to do that? You have to replace two high-profile players in terms of your safety. You have to replace another one at linebacker. A second-year player who barely played last year is going to be arguably your green dot play caller in terms of N'Kobe Dean. You lose Javon Hargrave, who's an all-pro. You lose a lot of guys. But the one thing about Philadelphia, the one thing about Howie Roseman, is that he takes his job seriously. Getting guys in that building that fit what the Eagles need, fit what Sean Desai wants, fit what Brian Johnson wants, fit what Nick Sirianni wants. Fit players with Jalen Hurts that will only help mesh in that offense. Bring in defensive players that fit the mold of the Darius Slays, of the James Bradberries. Those guys that have an attacking mentality are high-level players and guys that just love football. It's an easy formula, and that makes me realize the Eagles don't need Ezekiel Elliott. They need more guys in here that they could get for a value, come in, replace some of that pie, Bring in some pizzas for the rest of us. As long as there's no pineapple on there, they're all good with me. A lot of off-season left to talk. Got another show Friday, five shows each and every week here at the Locked On Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You could get us wherever you get your podcast and in video form on YouTube as well. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. And for your second listen, please listen closely. You know these two guys. Go over to Locked On NFL Scouting and join the draft dudes. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, hosts of the Locked On Miami and Locked On Buffalo podcasts. And you know where else they've been. They've been around player personnel forever. They take you inside free agency, the draft, salary cap management, and more Monday through Friday, wherever you get your shows, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. That's Locked On Scouting for your second listen each and every day. Thank you for making LOE your first listen each and every day. As I said, make sure you tune in wherever you get your shows and on YouTube as well. Give us a comment. Give us a rate. Interact with us on Twitter at GC24 underscore football. Find my co-host at LOE. Follow the mothership at Locked On Birds. And as always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching and joining us. And as always, Fly Eagles Fly.